everybody, and welcome back to the On the Diamond and Into the Deep podcast. I am Mahal, your host, and welcome. It is February 24th, 2024. We are recording at 5.30 p.m., and we had a couple big games today, and we have one more tonight. To start off, we had the Mariners' spring training opener against the Chicago White Sox, and there were some big things that came out of that. So we'll discuss that game. We'll also discuss what I'm watching for, both what I watch for today and what I'm watching for in general this spring training that could apply to the season. Obviously, it's impossible to know in general as it is spring training and you can't really know if it's, you know, what is important and what's not. But I'll give a vague idea of what I'm looking for. Um, and then I'll also talk about the Sounders opener. Um, they lost one zero or 2-1 to one to LAFC today in the MLS season opener, and they will be have their home opener next weekend, Saturday, 7.30 p.m. So we'll discuss that. And we got Seattle Sports Wraparound, as always. We got Kraken, have big game tonight, big playoff race continuing, and then a little bit of Seahawks, not much there, but we'll do a little bit there. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. All right, let's talk Mariners. And let's specifically talk what I am looking for this spring training. Here's the one dude that I think is most important to watch this spring training, and a dude that could be a massive factor for your Seattle Mariners. And that guy is Ty France. And let me explain. Last season, J.P. Crawford had a big season. What did he do the offseason before? He went to dry fly and baseball out here in the Pacific Northwest. And he had a career year. Let's look at some stats there. All right. Like I said, career year. WRC plus. 2021-2022 for the Mariners. J.P. Crawford. WRC plus of 103. And 103. This year, he had a WRC plus of 134. You don't know what that means? That means he was 34% above league average in percentiles when you're thinking about it. So he was good. 34% is a lot better than 3%. All right? They calculate league average, and they place that at 100. That's how WRC Plus works. That's what the plus means. That means it is analyzed and adjusted so that the 100 value is it league average. So J.P. Crawford was 34% above league average. Now, if that's not enough to, for you to prove that he was a lot better last year and you didn't watch and you don't know, let me give you one more stat. Let's look at war. I talk about war a lot. War is basically how you calculate how valuable a player is. You, a lot of people calculate it and think about it as how many wins is this player worth. So if you want to calculate it like that, 2021, J.P. Crawford was worth 3.3 wins. Okay, 3.3 war. Was decent season. That's not bad. That's above average. 2022, 2. He added a war of 2. So he he was worth 2 wins for your Seattle Mariners. Now, when you combine those, what do you get? 5.3. So in 2021, 2022, J.P. Crawford was worth... 5.3 5.3 wins. Basically 5 if you want to round down. Alright? Now when you think about this year, when you look at it this year, 
like I said, he had a WRC plus of 134, which was 31% above both of his last two seasons when you compare it to league average. His war this year was about five, four and 0.9 wins. What did I just say he was worth in 2021 and 2022 combined? 5.3. So you get what I'm getting at? J.P. Crawford, his production this season was a tiny, tiny bit less than what it was those last two seasons. If you want to look at a pure stat, something that anyone can look at and be like, oh, that's an important stat. Let's look at his home runs. 2021, 9. 2022, 6. Okay? So combined, what is that? 15 home runs. 2023, his power increased significantly. He got to 19 home runs. Again, this is a career what do we think we can expect from him this year? I would say between a three and four win season, three and a half, four and a half. If I were to guesstimate what I think he's going to be worth this season, I would say three and a half wins probably about. I don't think he's going to be as good as he was last year. I don't think he's a five win player again. But if he is, boy, do we have a good leadoff hitter. And that is added to, not added, but it is a piece of this core that is extremely valuable, Right? Now let's look at Ty France. Let's look at his Savant page. All right. Kick it off with the Savant page. Love talking Savant page. Ty France. All right. Where was he good last year? According to his Savant page, he was good at ex-WOBA. He was good at his expected batting average. So he's expected to hit 270, which batting average isn't everything. And it's a lot of stuff that weighs a lot higher than that. But it's not bad. You like a dude that can hit 270. That's not something you dislike. That's not a player that you don't want on your team. Right? Then you look at his expecting slugging. And that's about league average. A little bit below. 45th percentile. He was expected to slug 420. And what did Ty France do this offseason? Ty France went to Tripline Baseball. Where did J.P. Crawford go? Driveline baseball. So you see what I'm getting at. Right? We knew Ty France was going to driveline at the end of the offseason. That is something that any Mariners fan knew. Anyone in the baseball world could have known if they wanted to. Ty France's average exit velocity. 18th percentile, 87.5. Okay. Let me explain why that's important. Your average exit velocity basically is accounting for how hard you hit the ball. That's pretty simple. All right? And he's not hitting the ball especially hard according to um, when you're comparing it to league average. Now, J.P. Crawford was better than that this year. Slightly, but he was better. His exit velocity the past two seasons was closer to what Ty Francis's was. It wasn't great. It was in the bottom 3% of the league in 2022. He goes to driveline. He gets bumped up. Closer to league average. Okay? He's hitting the ball harder. He's hitting for more power. His expected slugging went up to 384. From a place where it was not very good. From 337 to 384 in one offseason. Can Ty France get a similar type that's where I think it becomes important. 
Where do we get excited? Is the news that came out this week. Spring training began. All the players, they, what did they do? They reported. Ty France reports. They all have their press conferences. What does Ty France say in his? I have added, this isn't an exact quote, but this is basically what Ty France said. Ty France added three and a half miles an hour to his bat speed. If you don't know, that is a lot. That is good. That is something that is extremely important and something that could suffer a lot of, of a lot of results for Ty. So you look at it, this is where you get excited. Okay? And we won't know until the season happens, until we're about at halfway through the season, about at the all-star break. I think that's when you can start to tell what are we gonna get from Ty France. And is that late? Sure, but have a Tyler Locklear who had a fantastic game today in your farm system, going to be in AAA or AA, wherever you want to place him. He's just waiting in the wings. His ceiling is probably about Ty France, maybe a little bit better, and that's fine. A good Ty France is a great first baseman. But you have to get good Ty France. And I think right now, if I were to predict, I think we're going to get good Ty France this season. I really hope we do. All right, so what am I watching for? Obviously, watch the bat speed, and that's not something that you can necessarily see visually, but if you look at his swings last year, if you look at that uh, repetitively, and then you look at him this season, this offseason, if you look at videos of him swinging, his bat speed does look faster. He looks more athletic. Today, he tagged up on a sack fly from second to third base, and he looked faster. He looks more fit. He looks more athletic. He looks more balanced. So watch how balanced he is in his swing. That's another important thing. Just watch how balanced he is, how fit he is. Just watch anything like that. Anything that is simply not results-based, but results-based is also important. I'll talk about that in a second. But just watch how he holds himself, how his swing looks, what is different. There doesn't seem to be as much of like a hands moving before the pitch as like a trigger type thing, which seems important and his swing looks flatter looks smoother through the zone also a lot faster as we just discussed he looks better so we hopefully will get big things from him he had a very nice double down the um, left field line today how often did we see him do that last year not very often not very often at all how often did we see him rope the ball pulling it hard not that often the one that comes to mind for me last season was in one of the last few games of the season. It was a home run that he hit into Edgar's. Off of that, it's not the out-of-town, it's like the fake out-of-town, the not digital out-of-town, whatever you want to call it. Um, It was the home run against the Texas Rangers, game 160, I want to say. I think it was a Friday, wherein the city connects. Um, We repping, Trident always. Um, Trident's up, yes sir. Um, but he doesn't pull, he didn't pull the ball that much, that often, pulling it hard. And what did he do today? First at bat, he did that. He did exactly that. Second at bat, he got hit by a pitch. So, you know, classic Ty France, he gets hit by pitches a lot. And it worries me because I don't want him to get injured. And he's had elbow problems. He's had wrist problems. So I hope he protects himself, tries not to get hit as much, um, but, you know, that's not a big deal. Results-based when we're watching the spring, watch how hard he's hitting the ball, watch where he's hitting the ball, watch if he's hitting line drives, 
if he's hitting weak ground balls, if he's popping it up a ton, if he's just kind of hitting it in the air out to the gaps, out to just wherever. Where is he hitting the ball? Is he hitting gaps? Is he hitting whatever? What does his launch angle look like? Those are the two. Launch angle, exit velocity are probably the two biggest things in my opinion. How hard is he hitting the ball? And then is that a line drive? Is that a ground ball? Is that a fly ball? What does that look like? Ideally, I think you're seeing line drives down the lines, line drives to left center, right center. That is when Ty France is at his best. When he can hit line drives hard into the left center gap, into the right center gap, down the left field line. You're not going to see much down the right field line probably based on his swing. But if you start seeing hard line drives down the right field line, again, be excited. He looks more fit. He looks like he can get doubles out of these types of things. So I don't want to overstate this. Don't get too amped up about Ty France, but it's something to pay attention to. He is someone to watch. Watch him tomorrow in the game. How does he look tomorrow playing the Guardians? If he plays, he probably won't play. But next time we see him on TV, how does he look? When we see videos from Ryan Divish or Adam Jude or Daniel Kramer, whoever we're seeing videos from, from the Mariners themselves, how does he look? If you're watching games on other teams' broadcasts on MLB TV, how does he look? right? Watch that. Watch the things I just said. Watch the exit velocity. Watch how fit he looks. Watch how agile he looks. Watch his launch angle and not the specific launch angle. Oh, he's got a launch angle of 17.1 degrees. But watch the launch angle like, is it a fly ball? Is it a ground ball? Is it a line drive? And I know I just said that, but again, if he's hitting hard line drives to the gaps, or to the lines, to the poles, that's when you get excited, okay? That's when you should get to a place where you feel, okay, I expect Ty France to have a solid, decent season. And don't blow your expectations out of the water because that's unfair to Ty. But have a place where, yeah, I, I think Ty could do some solid things this season. Next, I would say watch Bryce Miller. We don't know when he's starting his first game. We don't know when he's pitching first, but watch how the splitter works. Watch how his fastball looks. Watch where he's sitting with his velocity. We know his velocity is already up than it was last season. Um, watch if he's healthy. Watch watch the release point. And that's not something that you can necessarily look, oh, pitch to pitch, you're like, oh, his launch angle looks a tiny bit different. But if you're watching the game and you get a video of one of the pitches and then you get a video of another pitch, compare them. Where is that launch angle? If they're different pitches, if it's the slider and the fastball, if it's the splitter and the fastball, if it's whatever pitches it is, look for that release point. And if that release point's at the same point, he's tunneling these pitches. And there was a nice segment on MLB Network yesterday morning that I watched. If these pitches are tunneling, meaning they're in the same spot until they break. So fastball, it's going to be riding, 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 right? It's just going to stay somewhat flat, but his rides a little bit. Slider. It's going to be riding, 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 cuts. Splitter, riding, 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 cuts, right? You're going to have a slider going low and into lefties from Bryce Miller at a right-handed spot. Splitter is going to be a little bit more straight down, tiny bit, maybe a tiny bit of arm side. It's hard to tell because I haven't seen video necessarily from behind. But his looks like it's pretty flat and dips last second. So look look at that. And again, I don't want to get too disgusted on just results because that's not the most important thing but if he's striking guys out if dudes are getting fooled yeah that's something to be excited about 
But most importantly, all these starting pitchers, all these pitchers need to stay healthy. We saw Matt Brash got shut down this weekend because he has a little bit of like a knock. I haven't read the full article yet. I'll do that probably after this. Um, but it doesn't sound too bad. It sounds like he'll be, be, able, be able to start throwing again as soon as t- Monday, Tuesday, next week. Um, Carlos Vargas also has had some shoulder um, problems. Not problems, but shoulder soreness. So watch him. He had a fantastic live BP. It sounded like yesterday he had a disgusting slider to Julio Rodriguez, who carries on sliders a lot, and that's also something to watch. Is Julio chasing a lot? What is he looking like? As we know Julio is going to be a very good player, and it's hard to tell in spring, but if you're seeing him lay off of sliders low and away, that's something that I think you can like. That is something that you should see and be like, yeah, if he keeps this up, that's important, that's great, that's fun to watch. So watch for health, watch for that Bryce Miller release point, watch for the splitter, watch for the tunneling of those pitches. For Brian Wu, watch his off-speed, compare it to videos from last season, and I'll try to post a few videos of that on either Twitter or TikTok, follow both of those at Diamond and Deep. Um, plug myself right now. Follow both those at Diamond and Deep. Follow the Instagram, the Twitter, the TikTok, all at Diamond and Deep. Listen on, if you're listening on video on YouTube, then listen on audio on Spotify or Apple at On the Diamond and Onto the Deep, a Seattle sports podcast. So, yeah, if you're on YouTube at Diamond and Deep, so follow me. Yeah, again, so Bryce Miller, watch release point, watch the tunneling. Watch the splitter, watch the slider, watch the fastball. How is he looking? Where is he sitting in terms of elo? When we're looking at Carlos Vargas, look at his control. How does that sinker especially, how is he controlling that? Ty France, watch his athleticism. If he's hitting line drives, he's hitting the ball hard, he's looking fit. Whatever you want to see from Ty France that you think will make a big difference, watch for that. And don't look at just results, because results is... It's spring training. You don't know. It's a small sample size. And it's against pitchers that a lot of them you've never heard of. Think about who started for the Mariners. Casey Lawrence. How many of you have heard of him? I I have heard of him. Did I know where he came from? No. But I've heard of him. But he's not a big league massive starter. If they're facing a dude like a Devin Williams last year with Kelnick. Kelnick hit an oppo taco against Devin Williams last year. If you're seeing dudes do that, that's when you should be excited. If you're seeing Dominic Canzone, who I think will be playing tomorrow, hopefully. We'll probably see Canzone, Rayleigh, Hanniger, Julio all tomorrow. Look how they're looking. See what they're looking like. Um, Canzone, watch watch how hard he's hitting the ball. Watch if he's swinging and missing. Watch what he's laying off of. So just don't think results are the biggest thing. Watch how they're hitting in general. And it's hard to do because the Mariners are only televising a few games, which it's hard to... It's hard to blame them. I mean, they televised today's game. I'm thankful for that. Um, and it wasn't even their own broadcast. It's hard to get broadcast probably into other teams' ballparks, but whatever. Um, but yeah, let's continue into that opener that we watched today. Mariners lost 8-7 at spring training. Came back, I guess, kind of came back. I don't know what you'd call it. They had a nice rally in the ninth inning to tie the game at seven and then take or tie the game at six, take the lead seven, six. And then uh, they give up a few runs in the bottom half to lose the game, but it's a spring training game. 
what you're watching for is how did your players look. And a lot of them looked really good. The dudes that you want to see succeed and look solid, a lot of them looked pretty solid. Let's start with Jorge Polanco. I didn't see much from JP. Let's start with this opening lineup. Polanco walked one time. I mean, not much to think there. There's not much to discuss there. Smod Taylor, who came in for him, hit a his first at bat had a ball scraping almost home run. Second at bat had a home run. So Smod Taylor actually looked good. He looked fast. He was running. He was stealing bases. So he looked solid. He pinch ran for Polanco after Polanco walked, and he immediately stole a base. So that was good to see. Garver also walked, also struck out. Again, not much there. Can't really think anything of these guys until we see them in the regular season facing big-time pitchers in pressure moments. Um, Jake Anchia, don't really care. Ty France, again, we just said double down the first baseline, or the third baseline. Not Ty France's first base. But um, France had a nice double down the third baseline in his first at-bat and then got hit by a pitch in his second at-bat. He was... um, substituted by Tyler Locklear, who went three for three. Single, double, single. Locklear looked great. He also had a diving play at first base. Gave me Evan White-type memories. Goodness gracious. Evan White was ridiculous defensively. His defensive... He was like a wizard at first base defensively. Um, and Obviously, France isn't like that, but maybe he will be with this new athleticism that he's found. Um, Jake Rodden came in for that. Don't, don't really care. He went 0-1, but he scored. Or he went 0 for 0, but scored a run. Might have been. Oh, he pinch ran. Pinch ran. Don't really care. He scored a run. Taylor Trammell, two strikeouts. Uh, Alberto Rodriguez had a hit in RBI. Scored a run. Two at bats. Again, not much there. Josh Rojas, strikeout and two at bats. Again, there's not much you can get just from that. Um, not going to talk about much else. Classe looked fast you didn't see, go try to find. I'm going to probably post it on my TikTok in a little bit. But if you haven't seen him running fast, go watch him run fast. He is speedy. It is fun to watch. And yeah, he went two for two. He had a couple singles and he was fast. Fast. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Um, Pitching-wise, Casey Lawrence... Not really much there, I don't think. Um, but he had two innings of one hit, two strikeouts. Jackson Kowar came in. He had a solid outing, two strikeouts in an inning. Um, that's about all that we really care about. Colin Snyder pitched an inning, gave up a walk. That's probably about all that matters there. And, yeah, I mean, you're losing the game, but we saw some very solid things. Ty France looked great. Ty, um, Locklear looked great. Classe looked great. Cole Young also had an RBI. He hit the ball hard on that RBI. It was a sack fly out to like left center about. He hit it pretty hard. It was like a line drive that drove in a run. And, I mean, he's young. What are we looking for? We're just looking for him to look solid. He looked great defensively. Had a great charging play to open um, open up his play there. And then he had a pretty solid charging, kind of like a blooping catch that he made that was also pretty solid. And he looked good. Love Cole Young. He'll probably be in Double A Arkansas this year, and he will be up with the team if not the end of this year. I would say next spring training is when you're looking at him. You're like, can he break with the team? Who knows? We'll see what happens. But um, yeah, not much there. Again, 
We'll see tomorrow some of the outfielders play. It was good to see a lot of the infielders play, but not a big thing any direction there in Peoria tomorrow. Yeah, it'll be on Root Sports. We'll get the Root Sports broadcast, which will mean we will get some interviews with players. So make sure to watch that. And yeah, let's get into Seattle Sports Wraparound. And let's start with your Seattle Sounders, who lost 2-1. to one. First goal was a... It was like a volley, um, kind of a blooping ball to the back post. And Tillman scored a bouncing volley that went past Nuhu, who kind of lost his man. Second goal was a banger. There's no other way around it. Dude cuts in, bangs it, crossbar, post, bounce down, bar down in. And I mean, you're missing a lot of dudes. I, there's You're missing a Yamar. You're missing a Rusnak. You're missing a Jao Paulo. You're missing a Stefan Fry. You're missing a Reed Baker Wedding. Stefan Fry, Jao Paulo, De La, um, Yamar, and Rusnak all... They're some of your best players. I mean, Chao Paulo might be your best player. Rusnak is one of your DPs. Um, so it's it's um, it's a tough loss. It sucks to lose to LAFC, but it's not one you should hang your head about. It was an interesting formation. That was something I was really interested in watching, and I would never do it again. I hate the four four two. Never do it again, please, Schmetzer. This is the type of formation that we we kind of played something. It wasn't really this, but it was somewhat similar a few years ago. And it was the type of thing that just made me feel like sack him, fire him. And like, I just, I, I understand why we had to do it based on who was out. You have no 10 because De La Vega cannot play more than 30 minutes really. And we'll talk about him in a minute because wow, what a talent Pedro De La Vega is. Wow, I there's no other way around it. But it's again, it's a tough loss. There were some mistakes that were made, but overall, I, it's gonna. It feels like it's gonna take a couple weeks um, to get fully healthy and to get into a place where you're moving and grooving, and you're like, yeah, we feel good, we feel confident, we got everybody locked, we got everybody combining. And I think what, something that was missing today was a little bit of that creativity in the final third. You were missing a Rusnak. You were significantly missing a Rusnak. You were missing some creativity. You were missing a spark. It wasn't there. Um, they would get to the final third, and it would just be stack. You would be bang, 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 get to the final third, and you're just like... You can't see my hand. It's like super fast. You know, ping, ping, ping. It's like ping pong. Ping, 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 ping. Then you come into the final third, and it's like slow-mo. You're like going sloth ping-pong. It's like bang, 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 and you dribble, and then you're like bang, and then you dribble, and then you get a terrible shot, and then Leo Chu just shoots it over the bar 30 yards to the right or left of the post, and I'm like, dude, it, it was frustrating. And I, I expect bigger things next weekend, I think, but there were positives. One positive was... Pedro de la Vega. What a talent this kid is. And I mean, he scored a goal and it was a PK, but that's not even what I'm talking about. He had a run that he kind of went from half field and he cuts in and he just kind of slices through the defense and he tries to play a ball and he didn't connect. I think it was with Moose maybe. And he just didn't connect. And it was like, wow, this dude is talented. This dude's causing problems for an LAFC team that is 
kind of shut down the Sounders. He brought a spark to the team that they were really missing the entire game. So I'm excited to watch him play longer next week. I bet he'll probably be available for about a half. That's what I would guess. I bet they bring him in at halftime. Um, get him some more minutes. A couple other positives were Jordan Morris actually looked pretty solid. Christian Roldan looked pretty solid. Jackson Reagan, as he has become known to be, looked solid as a rock. He looked like what he's been. Negatives, Ruiz looked slow, looked bleh. Just looked poor. He looked tired and asleep, basically, the entire time he was in, and then he seemed to tweak a muscle or something, maybe. And he came out of the game, so we'll see what the update is on that from Schmetzer and training staff. Hopefully it's not terrible, but I don't know what you can expect with him. I'm surprised he's still here, to be honest. And I love Raul, but I'm surprised that he is still a sounder. Yeah. Um... We'll see what they do. I really hope they don't play 4-4-2 again. I would love to see a Pedro de la Vega off the left, a Morris up top, a Roldan off the right, a Rusnak at the 10 attacking mid. I would love to see a Josh Atencio or Obed Vargas alongside a Jao Paulo. And then the back line is what the back line is. And obviously, I'd love to see Stefan Fry again. And I think that if you see that attacking four, you could see a lot of dangerous things. That is not an attacking four that I think is going to remain stagnant. Christian Roldan doesn't really do that. Morris is fast. He's going to be always moving. De La Vega is creative. He is young. He is moving. He is fast. He is going to be fun to watch. He is the type of player that you watch him and you're like, wowza, this kid is talented. He's Argentinian. He's got great tech. He's got great feet. And he's fun to watch. And I think we'll see more of him next weekend. Hard to note um, for sure, but he was fun to watch. and It was in a game that was pretty boring, pretty dark otherwise. But he brought a spark. He brought a flame. He brought something that was needed in this team today. Moving on to the Seattle Kraken. They have a big, big game tonight. Coming off a massive win against the Canucks on Thursday. Winning 5-2. That is a massive, massive win. Great game for Jared McCann that night. I believe he had three assists and a goal. Let me just make sure for sure. Yeah, three assists and a goal, four points. Jared McCann had a great game that night. And the Kraken are facing off against the team right in front of them in the standings. The Minnesota Wild tonight. They are one point behind the Wild, so a victory puts them ahead. Um, And they do have a game in hand there, so... Yeah, I would put them at 61 points. It puts them a point with a game in hand. Or I would put them a point from that wildcard spot in the Nashville Predators. They'd be tied on games. And we're getting into the thick of it. We are very close to the end of the season. You need your big players to step up now. We have just a few months left. All right? And this is grind time. This is go time. This is when we got to get moving. This is when we got to get winning. This is when your star players not that they really have any, but that's when you need a Matty Beniers. This is when you need a Jordan Eberle. This is when you need a Jared McCann. This is when you need a Vince Dunn. This is when you need an Adam Larson. This is when you need a Yanni Gord. This is when you need your players Andre Burakovsky. This is when you need your players to step up, come up big, score big time goals, make big time defensive plays. It's when you need Joey Decord to be at his very best. 
you need to rattle off some wins, get a bunch of ground in the um, postseason standings, get into that spot, get some ground ahead of other teams in that spot, keep winning, keep gaining points, and don't look now, but we are one point out and on a four point, five point, no, four point, four game point streak. So just keep winning, just keep getting points. If you're at home, get wins. If you're away from home, at least get to OT, especially against big teams. But the Kraken have been big in big games. So they have to keep that up. Absolutely have to. I think they should be able to. I expect a pretty solid win tonight, probably. So we'll see what they can do. Yeah. Um, When it comes to the Seahawks, just do what it takes to get Leonard Williams. That's all I really got for you. I, there's not much else I have to say. Geno Smith got brought back, if you didn't see. Um, not brought back, but he got... They didn't They didn't cut him. They didn't get rid of him. Um, and then they restructured his deal, so that was also a big thing. Um, cleared some cap space, which is tight. Not as tight as a 40 whiner, but it is tight. So that's important. Um, but go get Leonard Williams. Please. For the right place, obviously, but please, please go get him. Um, you need that line help, and it would free up your draft a lot. So, yeah, cool. Um, overall, again, what am I watching for this spring? Ty France, Bryce Miller, Carlos Vargas, pitchers in general, some odd Taylor, some young guys. That's what I'm watching. But especially big, the one thing, you're going to watch one player the entire spring, Ty France. That's the dude I'm watching for. I'm excited to see Ty France. I'm intrigued to see Ty France. He's the dude that I'm like, this is what I want to see. Um, him, if you want to watch an infielder, it's Ty France. If you want to watch an outfielder, I would say watch Canzone. That's the dude I want to watch. That's the dude that I think, what can we see from him? Could we see big things this season? I think we can. I think we will. Don't quote me on that, but I think we will. Um, if you want to look at starting pitchers, watch Bryce Miller, watch Brian Wu. Brian Wu, look at his off-speed. Bryce Miller, also look at his off-speed. Especially watch the splitter. And watch the tunneling and release point that I talked about. Carlos Vargas, watch his control. Watch his command. Um, Mariners lost opener. Sounders lost um, season opener. Mariners lost spring training opener. Mariners one doesn't really matter. Sounders one was kind of brutal, but I think it's going to take a little bit for them to get into a groove and a move-in stage. Kraken need a win tonight against the Minnesota Wild to not stay in the playoff race, but to gain ground on a team right ahead of them. And they had a massive win this week against the Canucks, so hopefully they can continue that. Seahawks got to re-sign Leonard Williams for the right price, but do it. Um, And yeah. So thank you all for listening. If you're on YouTube, go follow on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all at Diamond and Deep. The YouTube is also Diamond and Deep. If you are listening to the audio version on Spotify or Apple, go follow all those socials again. YouTube. Um... Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all at Diamond and Deep. So thank you all for listening. Go M's, go Hawks, go Sounders, go Kraken. Let's get the playoffs. Let's get to opening day healthy. And let's get the Sounders moving and grooving. So thank you all for listening. Adios. Peace.